Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. We're around the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips. From the state of Georgia, Steve Carter from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce on tonight's broadcast, we have hit a milestone. This show has, this is 300 episodes of this broadcast, and we're just so proud of the work that we're doing here on this radio show. And I just want to thank all of my co-hosts who have been working with me for these past few years and putting this broadcast on and making these shows happen. I am just so thrilled that we are able to do this. And to God be glory. We are just grateful for the privilege to be able to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website. I just checked it before we came on the air, and you will find this show on page two tonight of that website. There are over 1,800 live shows on that website, and you'll consistently find this show on pages one through four of that website. What a blessing. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts on this broadcast, you can send your email to our new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Clay Phillips, as he breaks unto our listeners the bread of life. And also my co-host, Robert Lee Johnson, who will be answering the questions on the hearts of so many. We just pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts. They may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will be with our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for all the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. In the first segment, my co-host, Clay Phillips, he serves as the evangelist for the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, we have a question from my shout-out platform on Facebook On Facebook that I'll be posing to my co-host, uh, Robert Lee Johnson. He serves with the uh, Northside Church of Christ there in Lake City, Florida. So open up your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Come on, it's in the light. 
listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Clay Phillips. Good evening. Once again, God has spared our lives, be able to come and deliver unto you his unadulterated truth. Once again, I am Brother Clay Lee Phillips, minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ here in Thomasville, Georgia. We're located at 20785 Highway 19 North here in Thomasville, Georgia. We encourage you to come and worship with us as we proclaim God's unadulterated truth. want you to be mindful that wherever you are, uh, find a church of Christ, for we are a Bible-believing church. We believe in speaking where the Bible speaks and being silent where the Bible is silent. We are a church bound for heaven. We're not guessing that we're going. We know that we're going to heaven. Jesus said, "Is my disciple. Continue in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed. And so we must continue in the word of God. Once again, we are so thankful for Stevie B for uh, working so diligent in bringing this broadcast to you uh, throughout uh, the world. And so we're just so thankful that we have the opportunity to participate in our Block Talk radio show. Uh, today is the 300th episode. And so we're so thankful that God allowed us to be a part of this great celebration. We want to thank Steve again for the marvelous job he's doing in uh, getting the word of God out. So remember now, we are a Bible-believing church. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans. Everybody turn the Bibles now to the book of Romans, chapter 9. We're going to commence reading at verse 
number 9 and terminate at verse 13. That's Romans chapter 9, verse 9 through verse 13. And we find these words written, if you will. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children, being yet not born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might, listen now, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said of her, the elder shall serve the younger. And it is written, Jacob, have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Thus is the reading of our scripture. And I want to help us understand uh, and bring clarity to this statement that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome. He said in verse number 13, and as it is written, as in the Old Testament, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Now, what is all this about? Now, remember, this is about the love and the hate of God. I want to use for advocate of our message the love and the hate of God. Now, what I want to do today is I want to be uh, use uh, exegetical and expository teaching tonight, this evening. Uh, I want to look at the ex exposition of the comprehension and the descriptions that give explanation to what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He is teaching us that, listen, for some reason, a lot of people don't understand that God will send you to the lake of fire. God created uh, heaven and he created hell. And we need to be mindful of that. Oftentimes, we don't understand that we are, uh, we be held accountable for our lives. We think we can just do anything and don't worry about anybody else. We, uh, we can hate and, and love and life go on. So let us look now into the context here as when it comes down to the love and the hate of God. Now, let me look at verse number uh, 11. It says, for the children being not yet born, talking about Esau and Jacob, because you remember that it was Esau and Jacob 
He says, Jacob, I love. Esau, I hate. It seems as God is being cruel here. It seems that God has made some kind of mistake because he said in his word that the, the firstborn should receive the promise. But we find there's something going on here. So look at verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any evil or any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand, not of works, but of him that call it. In other words, the God can do what he want to do. <laughs> Amen? God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. God knows all things. You, you can't hold God accountable for uh, your evil ways. And so here the Apostle Paul is telling the church here, first of all, we need to understand something. Let me clear up something. Let's clear up uh, Psalms 51 in verse number 5. You know in Psalm 51, verse 5, where David said, uh, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So we have people teaching that we are born in sin. Uh, have God made a mistake here? Uh, uh, we, we make a mistake. Who's making a mistake here? Uh, according to Paul, he says, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, did it tell us, but uh, no, no, understand, did not, did no evil or good yet? Wow. Isn't that something? Then it says, it is the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand not of works, but of him that call it. So here, the Apostle Paul is, is reminded about Psalms 151 and verse number 5. Behold, I, David said, behold, I was shaken in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive. So what did that mean, Brother Phillips? I was shaken in iniquity. It's not that verse, anybody using that verse out of context by saying, listen, we were born in sin. That is not so. We're not born in sin. Now, now, you remember on last week we talked about the heart, how the heart was deceitful and evil. You must be careful about your heart, what you think. And so here it is clearly teaching us that we're not born in sin. Psalms 1, Psalm 51, and the verse is number 5. It's not teaching that. What is it teaching? It's teaching, come here, come here. It is teaching the propensity to sin. It is teaching the propensity to sin. Now, the word propensity, uh, it simply means, if you will, the nature to sin. It is in turn in us that we have the nature to sin. For example, let me use an example. This, this, this is a hammer. This hammer has the nature of 
putting a nail in the board. Now, before this hammer ever used, it has not it's not a used hammer until it is put a nail in the board. Then from then on, but it was created. It was made to put a nail into a board. It had the propensity to hit a nail and put it in the board. But until then, it's a hammer without usage. <laughs> uh, okay, one more second. This, this is a screwdriver. A screwdriver was created to uh, put a screw in and screw it in. But it had not been used. It is uh, not the word used here. Is uh, I want to use as terminology for uh, explanation as for as sin. So when you sin, uh, you now you shapen uh, in iniquity, but you shapen to be a screwdriver. But that means you don't have to be to screw it in. But when you screw it in, then you have become a used screwdriver. Uh, to apply same thing. So when you look carefully at the propensity. So now here the Apostle Paul is telling the church, he said, he said, come here to me. Let me explain something to you all. He said, um, for the children being yet not born, neither having done any good nor evil, but now it had the propensity. Esau and Jacob had done no good or evil. The Bible says that the purpose of God according to the election, might stand. Not of works, but of him that call it. In other words, God said, I'm going to call you. Election means uh, you recognize it's a hammer. You recognize it's a screwdriver. You recognize this is a pair of pliers. <clears throat> now, whatever sin or whatever thought is used, God still said, I call them what they are. They are what? They are children of God. How do you know that? Back at the verse of nine. Uh, it says, for this is the word of the word promise. At that time, I will come and say we shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. In other words, we understand that we're not born in sin. So God had not made a mistake. God had not made a mistake. So so now, so we look at the love of God and the hate of God. Because when you read verse number 13, it says, as it is written, the Apostle Paul said, now, I remember in reading as it was written in the Old Testament. <laughs> Amen? As it was written in the Old Testament. Read about it. Jacob, he says, have I loved, and Esau have I hated. Oh, my goodness. And I know a lot of folks are perplexed and confused about uh, God loves some and God hates some. Man, what is this? Have God made a mistake? What, what is the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us? What is wrong? Okay, let me, let me, let me help you out. Let me help you out. Come in, come in. Love and hate of God uh, is, is of the matter of emotions. Uh, God, 
as far as the emotions, we are created in the image of God. And the emotion here is that, listen, God justified us. So when you look at the love of God and the hate of God, it's dealing with the emotions of God toward us, his children. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world, but to do, that through Jesus that the world might be saved. So here we're looking at love and hate, and we're looking at hate as we hate. No, when the Bible is speaking of hate here, it's speaking of justification, the matter of the Father's will. In other words, this is God's will that Esau was born first, but Jacob, <laughs> said the Bible, speak, Brother Philip. Jacob received the promise. So, so we look at the, the love and the hate of God. So it is the uh, in in biblical time in biblical times uh, when an individual adopted a child or a twin. This is adopted twins. You look up the uh, historicity of it in biblical times when a, a father adopted one of the twins. They they would say. This is an old historicity. They will say that he hated one and loved one because he didn't get one at the time. So this is where this came from, that God uh, loved Jacob but hate Esau. And so, but the, the thing that we understand is that God, uh, it was in his plan to do this. So this is not something that popped up on God and God didn't know what he was doing. No, it was in God's plan. In other words, uh, that's why the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. It is the calling of God. It is the calling of God to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. So it has always been the calling of God. Why do you say that? Because when you back up to verse number uh, let's back up now to verse number 6 of Romans chapter 9. It says, not as though the word of the Lord, or the word of God, had not been taken off, not have effect. In other words, not that God's word had not had effect. In other words, this is what God wanted to do. Then it says, they are not all Israel. What? They are not all Israel? That's right. Which are Israel. Neither because they, neither because they are the seed of Abraham. So he had promised Abraham through the seed of Abraham, or they are called all called both in Isaac and the seed by the calling of the election. What are you saying, brother Philip? The Bible says God I promised Abraham what was going to happen. And as I promised Abraham was going to happen, this is what happened. I, I was not mistaken. God said, this is what I wanted to do. This is how I decided to do it. Let's like read now verse number 6 again. Not as though the word of God have taken non-effect. 
In other words, it, it, the Paul said, listen, it's not that the word of God did not affect them, for they are not all Israel, which are Israel. Everybody that came to God in the Old Testament was not all Israel. They were called apostolites. Okay? Then he goes on and says, neither because they are the seed of Abraham, they are all children. But Isaac shall thy seed be called through Isaac. So now he said, now, understand this. I, God had made purpose that he was going to redeem man from their sin, even before the foundation of the earth. God is God. Listen now. God is God, even for the foundation of the earth. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, which are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. In other words, he said, I want you to understand the seed, because uh, you tell a tree by the fruit that is bad, the seed of the word of God. So I promise Abraham. Then he goes on and says, for this is the word of promise. At this, at this time, when I come and say, we shall have a son. But you know what they did? You know what they did, didn't you? Uh, Sarah was old and Abraham was old. And the Bible says, Sarah says, Abraham, honey, uh, maybe you want to take uh, this maid of mine. Uh, Y'all, listen. Uh, so Sarah said, um, and Abraham took the maid and had a child. For 10 years, she was baffled about that because she tried to help God. She didn't understand the love and the hate of God. The hatred here is not about um, maliciousness. Hatred here is about differentiating. But in verse number 10 says, and not only this, but when Rebecca, let's go back to Rebecca, also have conceived by one, even by the father Isaac. So we have we have two boys. So God says, okay, Rebecca had two boys, Esau and Jacob. You know, in the womb, Esau was born first, but Jacob held to the heel of Esau. Only way we understand that is through spiritual uh, connotation. That's what God said in the Bible. Okay? So now, so we understand. So understand, what is Paul's argument then about the love and the hate of God? He's letting us know whether God loves you or hates you, he's going to treat you the same. Well, <laughs> let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. God going to treat you the same. He's going to give you the same opportunity. Now, now what is Paul doing? Paul is, Paul's argument is about justification of faith. Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Turn to the Bible now to Ephesians chapter 2 and the verse. Let's commence reading at verse number 8. Save some time. Ephesians chapter 2 and the verses number 8. Uh, let's just start reading at verse number 1. It says, And you have he quickened who were dead in trespassing and sin, wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, 
amongst whom also ye were part of, had the lust of the flesh, the poorness of desire of the flesh, mind, and you become the children of wrath. God's out miserable with you. And then notice now, save some time, drop down to verse number uh, eight. But by grace, <laughs> come here, come here. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship. God do what he want to do with us. We are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So here we have clearly teaching of the Apostle Paul's argument about justification. It is about justification to make sure that we are going to be judged justly. We can trust God. Amen? So Paul was concerned about his brothers and sisters in Christ because he, he wanted them to know that just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you necessarily saved. How you know that? Because now remember chapter 9, but turn over to chapter 10. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. He said, Brethren, my heart desire, I am pray to God, for Israel is. <laughs> he just told them that God uh, hate Esau, love Jacob. But he also went on to say, listen, it didn't not, I'm not saying that the word of God did not work. That, that's what he's saying. I'm not telling you the word of God did not take effect. Because, okay, um, man, yeah, yeah, come here, then, come here, let me, show, let me show it to you. It says in verse number six, not as though the word of God had taken non-effect. So when you read the Bible, it's going to affect you. It should affect you because the word of God is a lie. Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. It talks to you. It tells you. Woo! So the Apostle Paul is telling those of us that are, are self-righteous in our own eyes, he said, remember now, Israel was God's called people. But Israel was the main one that did not accept God, did not accept the Son, Jesus Christ. They the one that turned their back on him. So the, so the Apostle Paul said, he said, listen, understand now, God love and hate is based on justification for that I, I justify. Everybody has seen, because if you go back to Romans chapter 3 and verse number um, 23, all have seen and fallen short of the glory of God. So he's telling those that are readers, everybody has seen. Quit looking down, just because you're born in this flesh. Does not mean that you, uh, uh, as a Jew, does not mean you are saved. <laughs> you must hear the gospel, all right? That's why he said back in Romans chapter 10, go forward now, Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart desire, prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Because they are saying that God made a mistake because they didn't understand the mystery of God. 
With everything Jesus did, they went against Christ. Jesus said, if, if you have read the scripture, you remember uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, scourged because of the love and the hate of the Son of God. And, and he's, Jesus said, are you, are, come here, you must be born again. You must be born again. He said, can I end up the second time my mother's womb? <laughs> he said, wait, hold, wait a minute. Are you telling me you are a leader of Israel and don't know this? So that's why he said, brethren, my heart desire and pray to God for Israel that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have in the zeal of God but are not according to knowledge. For they are ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted to themselves unto the righteousness of God. Notice verse number four. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes it. It's about faith. It's about believing in God. It's not about your works. It's about you believing in God. Faith should cause you to work, not work your faith. <laughs> about the speak, Brother Philip. So here we find that we must understand the Apostle Paul concept and what he's teaching us here. Let us be mindful of this. Amen? Let us be mindful of this. Now, let us continue our lesson. All right, now, look at the target of the text. Write this down. I'm not going to finish. I'm not trying to finish. I'm trying to educate you. I'm trying to teach you. Let's look at the target of the text. I'm going to give you the target, and then we'll talk about it, and then when I come back again, we're going to continue our study here because I believe this is advantageous. We really need that. Now, back to, uh, about to turn to Romans chapter 9. Back to Romans chapter 9. The target of the text. Write this down. Number one, uh, the help us out is, first of all, understand God promised that he was going to save us. Isn't that something? God promised that he was going to save mankind from them, them, themselves. In verse 1 through verse 13, verse 1 through verse 13 of Romans chapter 9, it deals with God's faithfulness. Write that down. The first uh, target is God's faithfulness. So you know, so when you look at the love and the hate of God, you know, you know God gonna love you and hate you the same. <laughs> Amen. That's a love hate relationship. I remember my grandfather was teaching a Sunday school, and he called it a love hate relationship. So here is a love hate relationship. So number one. He's going to be faithful. God is faithful from verse 1, chapter 9, verse 1 through 13. The second target is God's righteousness. And we're going to talk about that, God's righteousness. Number one, uh, from verse 14 to verse 18, deal with God's righteousness. The third target of the text, verse 19 to 29, deal with God's justice. Deal with God's justice. 
verses 30 through 33 of Romans chapter 9 deal with God's grace. Deal with God's grace. So now, come, come, come in. Let's, let's look at the first topic. And I'm going to wrap it up with the first topic. And then we're going to come back and look at uh, God's righteousness, God's justice, and God's grace. The first target is though, that God is faithful. <laughs> Everybody say amen. God is faithful. Turn, turn your Bible now with me. To, uh, let, let, let me share that. Turn the Bible now to uh, Hebrews chapter 9. Chapter 6, rather. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. That, that's where I want to go. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to commence reading at verse number 13. Hebrews chapter 6 and the verses number 13. We're going to look at uh, God's promise. Because, see, God, God is faithful. See, everybody that promised is not faithful. Well, let me show you how God demonstrated his faithfulness to us. I mean, we, we got a loving God, y'all. We got a loving God. We need to call somebody to Brother Phil and let the Bible speak. <laughs> Call him up and tell him right now. Y'all need to turn over and listen to Block Talk Radio Show because Brother Phillips is letting the Bible speak. Let it speak, Brother Phillips. All right, let's go to him. Let's look at what it says. In, in Romans chapter 6, verse number 13, the Bible says, For when God made promise to Abraham, so, so, so understand that God had made his promise with Abraham because he could swear by no greater. <laughs> oh, look at Look at this promise, y'all. Every what I say for him, my grandmother's always say. Abraham, because he couldn't swear by himself, no greater one. He swore by himself because he had nobody else to swear by. So God is faithful. That's why when we, when we uh, God is telling us, uh, okay, hold me accountable. To my promise. That's what God is telling us. Hold me accountable to my When you go to court, and it, the judge says, you raise your right hand. You promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you, so help you God. Let me say it one more time. So help you God. So we swear by a greater. <laughs> In other words, I'm telling you, so when man, we swear, we swear by a greater. But when God is telling us, he said, listen, God is showing you all, if you can indict me, indict me. Show me where I did you wrong at any time. Show me where I've done wrong. And so he said, uh, look around, and anybody here, who, 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 I need to, can I swear by anybody? And look at now what it says. It says, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. God said, I'm telling you, I look I, I swear to myself. <laughs> oh, that is encouraging. Because I swear to myself, that is encouraging to me. It'll be encouraging to you. He says, and so, after, after another one said, and so after he had patiently endured 
Abram. He was Abraham, he became Abraham. Abram then became Abraham. He obtained the promise. In other words, uh, Abraham and Sarah went through some stuff. Didn't they do it? They went through some stuff. They got old and like, man, uh, what's, what's going on? Got them old. And, you know, Sarah, you know, <laughs> thinking that's funny. And here she got mad. And with uh, her slave, her servant, and kicked her out. And the Bible says that they were, they, Abraham waited patiently. Now, when you read that, he waited patiently to obtain the promise. Now, that seemed kind of like, yeah, that's not, that's not uh, he didn't wait patiently, Lord. Because if he had waited patiently, if he had waited patiently, he wouldn't have went with uh, Hagar, his handmaid. They, 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 it seems that God has made a mistake, doesn't it? God, what are you saying? You telling us that Abraham waited patiently? Why well, he didn't? We know the story. It's what patiently here means is that he did not quit, like some of folks do in the day, leaving the Lord, leaving. So he says he they did not quit. In other words, patiently, meaning that. Uh, God, that you trust God, you walk by faith and not by sight, patiently. Yes, he did wrong. You remember uh, the one occasion, you remember, when um, he and his slave were together, and the Bible says that they came up from the Canaanites, and they, they saw them, that Sarah was a beautiful woman, and Abraham, the father of the faith, lied. He said, uh, Honey, please tell them that I am your your brother. You're my sister. <laughs> Can I get a witness over here? How many of you are going through some stuff? And, and here, the Bible says he waited patiently. In other words, he did not quit. For men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation in to them, the end of strife. In other words, to end the strife, to end the argument. That's mine. That's mine. You remember the Bible says two young men came to Jesus and said, Jesus, speak to my brother that he may divide inheritance with me. And Jesus, man, who made me a divide over you? Now, who made me a about your inheritance? Really? I mean, I'm dying for a greater purpose. <laughs> And uh, Jesus told him a story. You remember the story. You remember. We all let's read it further then. Wherein God willingly or willing more abundantly to show, the word shoe that means to show unto the hairs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirming or confirm it by an oath. So God said, listen, the Bible supposes, listen, wherein God willing more abundantly, in other words, the word abundantly is a, is a unique word, etymologically, uh, meaning every time. <laughs> every time, uh, you, whatever you need, God has always been there for you. And so the reason why God hated Esau so much, I got to wrap it up, 
I'll come back and finish this up. Reason why God hated Esau so much because Esau uh, sold his birthright. Now, in other words, wait a minute. You rather sell your birthright than to be, be a part of the seed that my son is going to come down through? Because everybody expected, according to um, Messianic prophecy in um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And so here we find uh, Esau sold his birthright to his brother for some pottage. A meal. Really? Really? For a meal. And this is what, this is what the argument was about. So, God, I'll tell you what. Um, then verse number 19 says, which hope we have as, and notice now, anchored our souls, both sure and steadfast, which entered into that which in the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entering. Who is our forerunner? Even Jesus made an high priest forever after the audience or ordination of Melchizedek. God said, I went all the way to show you all some effort. Now, let me let me give you some bullets upon the um, God's faithfulness, some bullets under God's faithfulness. Number one, write this down because we've got five minutes according to that. The bullets, the first bullet is... Uh, it was not a, a natural descendant. It was not a national, a natural descendant. In other words, it's not flesh and blood. It has always been about spirituality. The church is about spiritual. Most people say, I'm going to church. You can't go to church. Come here. Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. You cannot go to church. You come to worship. We are the church. The church is the members in particular. That's why Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are the church. So understand this. It has never been about physical Israel. Never have been. It has always been in the mind of God that it was going to be spiritual. Hello? It was going to be spiritual. Okay, this is a little more short. Let, okay, let, let's go back to uh, Romans chapter 9. Then. Y'all looking like y'all don't hear this. Y'all with me? Okay, look at verse number 1 of chapter 9. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great heaviness. Oh, my good Paul said, I'm, I'm grieved. The uh, continual sorrow in my heart. Now, let me, let me say this. Now, when I was reading this and studying this, uh, man, this, this broke, uh, almost broke tears to my eyes. Let me tell you why. Because here the Apostle Paul is saying, I wish 
I was wrong. What, Kaylee? <laughs> the Apostle Paul is saying, I wish I was wrong. Because, listen, I want you to be saved. I, I wish I had it wrong. Because y'all remember now, I was something, something about it when I was in the Jewish religion. I, I wish I had it wrong. I wish my heart desire, pray to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I wish you know what I know. Man, y'all, y'all know I was, I, I know how I was. Man, I was on the way to Damascus. Bright light overshadowed me, blinded me. <laughs> Paul said, I wish, what are you telling us here? He said, I wish I had it wrong, but I don't. He says, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Man, you're not going to heaven because you're white. You're not going to heaven because you're black. You're going to heaven because you're right. And black folks and white folks, and we we fighting for the wrong thing. You're not going to heaven because you black or because you white. Let, let me show it. Tell you, let the Bible speak, brother Philip. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the serving? Uh, the service of God and the promise. God went all out, gave it all up for us who are the Father. Oh my goodness. So the, the, the first bullet is it was not, it never been about physical Israel. It has always been spiritual Israel. The church was always be spiritual. But they, that's why they couldn't accept Jesus. That's why they could not. Uh, understand Jesus. That's why they, because they look for a physical. Even his disciples look for the physical. The third, the second bullet, the second bullet. It is not of human merit. You you can't go out and jump on it and build and and work your own salvation. You cannot work your own salvation. It is not in you. It is not in man that walk it to direct his own steps. So love and the hate of God is all about adoption. God said, listen, I love Jacob and hate Esau. All I'm telling you is I am identifying what faith is, the justification of faith. It is both of the boys wrong. Both of the boys done evil. That's about to speak, Brother Philip. But Jacob did wrong. For entrapping his brother. <laughs> Jacob did wrong for entrapping his brother. He knew what his brother liked to eat. He knew it. His mama helped him. Esau was a hairy man. Look at him. A hunter. Jacob was a mama's boy. Look at him. And he knew both boys, the Bible says in verse 11, you remember, even before either one of them sinned, God had made this promise. Uh, 
can, can I swear on anybody? I can swear by myself. Can't swear by myself. So I swear by myself. I can't swear on anybody. I swear by myself. And the Bible says, don't you know Bogan did wrong? His mother schemed with Jacob. His daddy uh, uh, was blind. Look at it. I was that was blind. I was, and the Bible says that uh, Esau was a hairy man. Look at him, y'all. And they took goat skin and put it on him, making me feel hairy. Went in there today. The Bible says, the Bible speaks, the Bible says that when he got ready to bless Esau, that Jacob was there, and Jacob, you know, Jacob had a soft voice. Daddy, this is me. <laughs> Esau said, wait a minute now. Uh, you know, Esau had a heavy voice. Jacob had that soft voice. He was a mama's boy. Look at it. Bible says that he said, I said, you 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 feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. And he blessed Jacob. So Jacob actually stole the birthright. But Jesus turned around and said, I love Jacob and hate Esau. God said, I love Jacob and hate Esau. Why? Because of the spiritual is all about spirituality. It's about doing God's will. Amen? Now notice the third bullet. Folks, listen. God does not hate the sinner. God does not hate the sinner. God hates sin. All right, let me show you. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Everybody turn the Bible down to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul is writing. He says, I'm going to back up to verse number 15. I love this. It says, so as much as in me is, I am ready <laughs> to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I'm ready. Paul said, I, I, listen to me now. I'm ready to preach the gospel to y'all. Because you all. Got it twisted. God love each Jacob and hate Esau. You got it twisted. You got it messed up. Verse sixteen said, "Then Paul said, listen, what I'm not ashamed of. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of being black. I'm not ashamed of being white. Quit, quit. I'm talking to white people, black people, Mexicans. Quit being ashamed of who you are." You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Oh, my mother. 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday evening, I'll be hosting a live show for the Word of the Lord radio show. And this show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. On the second Tuesday of the month, the show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making a proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. Also during that show, we have uh, the Community Corner segment, and that segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have partisan services for our community. also have um, two co-hosts on that live show on the second Tuesday of the month. Lou Gilbert, he served as the evangelist for the Oakwood Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And then on the third Tuesday of the month, we have a new uh, production by Dr. Antherica Lane. She's a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist, and she serves with the Great Road Church of Christ there in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And that show will air from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, my co-host Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. She'll be hosting the Kelly Fletcher Show, and that show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then on Thursday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And I have seven co-hosts on that broadcast, Clay Phillips from the state of uh, Georgia, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Steve Cordo from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Brothers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state 
of New Jersey. And on that show, I have two of my co-hosts on the air with me each week. And I'll also be uh, having a question from my social media platform on Facebook. I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show as well. And then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B, a fellow golf music blast. And that show the recipient for the 2022 recipient for the McCamel National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Arts Award for Standing Achievement in Record or Radio. And that show will air at 9 from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on that radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And we're also interviewing artists, producers on that broadcast as well. We're debuting new music and featuring old music as well. And every third Friday of the month, I'm, I have my Top 20 Countdown show. And we also have on-demand episodes wherever you're getting your favorite podcasts from. You can go to a variety of platforms to listen to these shows, Spotify, Apple Radio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. Also, I have recorded version shows as well. And these shows can all be heard on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B recorded version shows. And we want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you would like to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco. She lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate. We want to edify. We want to encourage you in the study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Our shout-out question is coming up next after the break. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the broadcast where I have a shout it out question from my social media platform. And my co-host, Robert Lee Johnson, he's from the Northside Church of Christ there in Lake City, Florida. He'll be answering I will shout it out. Question, Robert Lee, how you doing this evening, my brother? Doing great, my friend, and always thankful to have uh, this great and undeserved opportunity to say something oh, about well Christ. Deserved. I just like to say, Stephen, that clay was so hot and on fire, he he couldn't quit, <laughs> so he could have used some of my time. <laughs> <laughs> the next time, just give him some of my time because he was he was on fire tonight. Yeah, he always does a great job in answering our questions. I mean, in presenting his lessons on the broadcast and also answering these shouted out questions as well. Now, Robert, yes, I am I am having a hard time here trying to find your question that I'm supposed to oh, be asking. Oh, uh, I, I got it. Okay, you got. Just go ahead and read the question. Just go ahead and ask. Okay, yeah, I changed it just a little bit, but it has the same import. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead then, ladies and gentlemen. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's so good to be with you today. Like to thank Brother Stevie for uh, giving me this opportunity to speak with you from the Word uh, of Almighty God. And my question is a question concerning. the belief of man uh, regarding the word of God and also are there Bible contradictions that would cause us to uh, not believe in the word of God. But I sort of redressed it just a little bit, and I will be speaking on the subject, understanding how God communicates with man 
mankind today. So follow me uh, in your Bibles and with your Bibles as we go along uh, tonight. I'd like to thank Brother Clay Phillips for a wonderful lesson uh, that he presented. And um, I always look forward to hearing him and being a part of the program when he's uh, preaching or answering questions. Wonderful brother. I worked with him uh, in um, Thomasville, Georgia, uh, not too long ago, and really enjoyed my uh, uh, fellowship with him. But getting to the question, understanding how God communicates with mankind uh, today. God communicates with mankind today uh, through direct statements that are made in the Bible by uh, what we call approved examples and implications recorded upon the pages of the New Testament. There are only three basic avenues of verbal communication, commands or direct statements, approved examples, and implications from which one is obligated uh, to infer precisely uh, what is implied, no more and no less. Uh, the New Testament uh, is the only uh, applicable covenant today. Uh, so we live under the New Testament law of Jesus Christ. We're not under the Old Testament uh, in which you'll find the law of patriarchy and you'll find Judaism. And uh, that is not what might be the case uh, in eternity. What may be applicable eternally in heaven is immaterial uh, to contemporary conduct. The Old Testament has been replaced with the New Testament. Did you hear what I said? I said the Old Testament has been replaced uh, with the New Testament. And let me give you some scripture in Romans chapter 7. Uh, verses 6 and 7. You see, men some time ago used to demand Bible, but now it's almost like we don't care whether we give Bible, we don't care whether people have Bible uh, any longer. That's because uh, men have changed, but God is the same. And so we have to validate the things which we teach from the Word of God. Now, in Romans 7, 6 and 7, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. And I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. And so the Bible clearly says in verse 6 of Romans 7 that we are delivered from the law. 
that being dead wherein we were here, were here. At one point we were under, not we, but men were under the law. But they're no longer under that body of teaching because the Bible says that God took it out of the way and that it was nailed to the precious cross of Jesus Christ. For instance, uh, the New Testament, rather than instructions to Adam and Eve or Noah or Moses, is applicable today. Without a valid biblical interpretation, there is no way to comprehend uh, God's divine revelation. And so the basic principle of interpersonal communication is innate. We're born with it. The young child who pleads with the parent for or against something will often go to great length, including citing the example of or the implied approval of an action based on what mommy or daddy do. Therefore, saying don't do as I do, but do as I say. Uh, simply, friends, that does not work today, and especially when it comes to childbearing. A fundamental biblical interpretation is no more difficult than conversation, communication between children. There is no essential difference between the study of the scriptures and the study of any other subject. Basic biblical in instructions in the New Testament for salvation, Christian worship, and Christian service are not complicated. Oh, no. It's not complicated. And so we need to really strive to understand that. Rather, God chose to use the mechanism of verbal communication between humans, even between children, to communicate his will to mankind through the Bible, Romans 10, 13 through 15. A divine instruction is not cloaked in God's word, so-called God's speech. And mechanisms of communication differ from the ordinary ways that people communicate and comprehend uh, communication. The Bible must be viewed as authoritative, respecting whatever topic that it addresses. There will be no reason for God to provide divine revelation unless both God was able to provide discernible communication and further he designed mankind with sufficient faculties to understand the word of God. How could God be God and not give us uh, a revelation or a Bible that we could understand? And why would God give us a Bible that we could understand if we can't understand it? The Bible must be viewed as authoritative, respecting whatever topic that it addresses. 
There will be no reason for God to provide divine revelation unless both God was able to provide discernible communication and further, he designed mankind with sufficient faculties to understand the word of God. Jesus said, John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. God gave divine revelation, that's the Bible, uh, to communicate with mankind. And God intended for his revelation to be understood. So often people ask the question, can we understand the Bible? Let me, let me, let me, let me say here, why would God give us a Bible that we couldn't understand? If God put it in the Bible, it's because we may understand what God is saying to us. God gave then divine revelation to communicate with mankind, and God intended for his revelation uh, to be understood. Correct biblical interpretation is helped along by acknowledging that God has a right to make demands of mankind and that he has done that through the word of God, the Bible. Without correct biblical interpretation, one could not organize a local congregation, conduct its worship in an acceptable manner to God, or practice anything else with regard to Christianity. The Bible, then, is of divine origin. It has been divinely uh, transmitted, and it has been divinely preserved. The Word of God is to be revered because it is God-breathed. This is the divine book of God. Listen at what the writer says. Let's go over to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Uh, verses 16 and 17. These are scriptures uh, that we need to have uh, in our minds and in our hearts as we study the word of God. Now, Paul said to his son Timothy, all scripture is what? Is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God expects us to be able to understand his word. The Bible is not a book of contradictional uh, facts. The Bible emanated and came forth from God. So we can understand the word of God. Therefore, the student of God's word realizes that the Bible does not contradict itself. There may be some things in the Bible that are difficult to understand. There may be some things in the Bible that are not easy to work out. But God, being God, gave us a book 
that can be understood, and God gave us a book that we can wrap our minds around. We have to spend time studying the Bible and learning what God is saying to us. Yet we must distinguish between historical inclusion of information versus divine instruction appearing in the Bible to arrive at correct biblical interpretation. Yes, we have to figure it out. And it takes time to figure out the word of God. And so then one must be determined to understand what the Bible means and be willing to make any needed application to himself, irrespective of how inconvenient it may be one needs to follow the evidence uh, whenever or wherever it leads. All divine instruction, such as salvation and worship and Christian living and Christian service and the promised blessings of God, which lead us to eternity in heaven. These things that are applicable to mankind today can only be learned from, pop, from properly interpreting the New Testament without proper biblical interpretation. One cannot have proper biblical faith. Mankind then is obligated to try to understand God's divine revelation. Oh, yes, we have to do that, my friends. And so without proper or valid interpretation, number one, how could one know what blessings that God reserves for his creation? We can know these things. Number two, how could man know what, pro what prohibitions that God expects mankind to respect? He told us not to do certain things. We have to respect that. Thirdly, how would we be able to figure out how God wants us to worship him? If you cannot understand the Bible, if the Bible is such a contradictory book, if it's filled with all kinds of errors and, and, and lies, how could we ever do these things? Number four, how could one become a child of God? If we can't understand the Bible, if God did not reveal to us his plan of salvation, how could man become a Christian? And number five, how God expects mankind to practice Christian living. Oh, when we become a child of God, the Bible says we are new creatures. God expects us to live dedicated and holy lives in the word of God. How will we be able to perform Christian service? If we cannot understand the Bible, if the Bible is full of contradictions and things of that nature and kind, which it is not, God has given us a book 
that we can follow and be obedient thereunto. And then number seven, what God expects men to believe and do regarding other Christian doctrine, that is, those matters are plainly revealed, and God put them in the Bible. And so the true canon of Scripture has been established. The text that we have today is reliable. The text of the Bible can be adequately translated and understood. Our job is to understand the Word of God, to live the Word of God, and to present it to our fellow human beings. Amen. Preach, Johnson. I'm about like Brother Clay now. Preach the word of God. Sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader up in here. And so successful interpretation of Scripture requires one to ascertain what the original audience or recipients of it were expected to understand. Learning of the historical setting of the biblical text will help one to understand the correct interpretation of Scripture too. Knowing something about the prevailing culture of the people involved in a passage also will aid comprehension of the divine message of God. There are additional helps and hindrances uh, to correct Biblical interpretation, hindrances uh, to correct biblical interpretation include several things. Number one, there must be a desire to please others or oneself. Number two, we must read the Bible without expecting to understand it. So there are hindrances to correct biblical interpretation. Number one, we must not desire to please ourselves. Number two, we must read the Bible without expecting to understand it. That will hinder you from understanding the word of God. There are some people who do not really believe that the Bible was meant to be understood. Number three, not having a predetermination to accept God's word as authoritative in whatever it specifies. I don't care how God says what he says. Some people would not believe it. And number four, backdating present circumstances to the ancient biblical past. We must avoid overlaying the past with the template of the present. So those are some things that will hinder us from understanding the Bible. Helps to correct biblical interpretation include, number one, using as much objectivity as possible. I believe we can understand God and his word. Number two, examining the biblical context carefully, immediate context, 
remote context, uh, Bible, the book and testament, and the total biblical context. That's the entire Bible. And so we have to be willing to read the Bible and study the Bible and understand it. That's what God expects of us. Number three, knowing to whom any portion of Scripture under scrutiny is addressed. You have to spend some time studying, friend, trying to figure out what it is that God wants you to know. Not just look at the Bible and say, well, that's hard. I could never understand that, and you won't. Not with that attitude. Preach, Brother Johnson. <laughs> Knowing the type of biblical literature, is it history? Is it prophecy? Is it prose? Is it literal? Is it figurative? We have to have a mindset to figure these things out. We have to be willing to be taught. Knowing when a portion of Scripture was written. When was the book of Romans written? When was Corinthians written? When did when was Philippi written? We have to know these things. Another thing that we need to understand is this. The Bible is its own best interpretation. The Bible is his own best commentary. Difficult biblical passages can be more easily understood by consulting the Bible in other passages that are more easily understood about the same subject. And number eight, using sound reasoning is a necessity to successful biblical interpretation. And so it is not the case that generally mankind is unable to understand divine revelation, but rather he understands it well enough to know that in many instances he does not like it. <laughs> Listen at that. <laughs> yeah, we can understand the Bible. We can understand the Bible because it came from God can understand the Bible because people say, well, I don't like that. Child, did you hear what he said? I don't like the way he said that. Well, if, if it's God's word, you need to learn to love it. Amen? <laughs> Out there? <laughs> All right, now let me go over a few things with you. Let me check my time here. How much time I got left? Okay, I should be able to finish this. Now, when it comes to commands or direct statements, since no part of the Bible is directly addressed to any person living today, one must infer that some commands or direct statements apply to people today. The entire New Testament, the gospel, is irrelevant and non-applicable. Some people call it a dead letter unless correct biblical interpretation includes divine implication from which mankind is obligated and capable of drawing only warranted 
that is necessary inferences. We have to be aware of that. One must correctly infer from divine implications, even from among commands or direct statements in the New Testament, as to which commands or direct statements apply today. Everything in the Bible came from God, but everything in the Bible is not for us to do today. In Genesis 6 and verse number 14, it said, Bill and Ark. Now, you can't just jump out there and start doing stuff because the Bible says so. You got to understand what God is saying, who God is talking to, and what God is talking about. So I'm not building an ark today. Why? So with Brother Johnson, it says building an ark. That's right. But God wasn't talking to me. He was talking to Noah. And so we have to try to understand these scriptures as we study the word of God. One must correctly infer from divine implications, even from among commands or direct statements in the New Testament, as to which commands or direct statements apply today. What about that part on spiritual gifts? That's not valid for us today. There are many people who claim that they can work miracles, claim that they have spiritual gifts. They can't do any of that. Why? Because the power to accomplish those deeds are no longer available to man today. So, well, I know I know a preacher who is doing that. Well, you know a preacher that's lying to the people and he's lying to himself. There's no power for that today. In Matthew chapter 6, when the Bible says, thy kingdom come, Jesus said, pray that the kingdom come. Well, the kingdom came in Acts 2. So I should be praying for the kingdom to come today because the kingdom already arrived in the second chapter of the book of Acts. Read it for yourself. Paul said in well, the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12 that we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. The kingdom is already here. The kingdom is the church. The kingdom is the spiritual body of Christ. So there's no need for me praying that prayer because if I prayed that prayer for the kingdom to come, that would be a waste of time. Now, the Bible says, go and preach the gospel. It doesn't tell us how to go. We can go by car. We can go by bus. We can go by plane. We can go by boat. We can walk to get to where God told us to go. He said, when you get there, you got to preach the gospel. Everything in the Bible. Is not laid out for us. That's why we have to spend time studying the Bible and learning what God wants us to do.
Now he said preach. He didn't tell us how to do it. We can we can do it on TV. We can do it on the internet, like I'm doing today. We can do it on radio. We can send literature. We can do a live presentation of the Word of God. But the Bible tells us to go. And the Bible tells us to preach. And so there are some specific commands. And there are some general commands. And we need to be able to see and know the difference. Now the Bible tells us. Uh, through direct statements or commands uh, respecting the kind of worshipful, uh, worshipful music that God requires of Christians. God has uh, shown himself to be specific in the giving of this command. Look at Ephesians 5.19. Look at Colossians 3.16. Look at James 5.13. He didn't say make music. He said to sing. Our singing is specified. Our singing is what God is asking us to do. So that's why we don't beat, pick, play, or pluck on mechanical instruments of music, such as not pleasing or acceptable in the sight of God. God demands vocal music, and that's what we must give to him. He said to sing, and make melody in your heart unto the Lord. Secondly, the approved examples. We learn from an apostolically approved example that the Lord's Supper is to be observed by Christians weekly on the first day of each week. Acts 20 and verse 7. That's an approved example. People say, well, we don't have uh, any command when to take the Lord's Supper. God gave us an example. Acts 20 and 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, the breaking of bread, that is the Lord's Supper. We're to take it on the first day of the week. Every week has a first day. And therefore, we must partake of the Lord's Supper to please Almighty God on the first day of of the week. That's every Sunday. <laughs> Somebody say, well, when must I be in church? Every Sunday. You ought to be there every Sunday. Taking the Lord's Supper. Singing praise to God. And participating in those things that are pleasing to the Lord. And then the last part I, I, I hope to make here is through inferences and implication. Inferences may be used legitimately in the ascertaining of facts and also in the conclusion that we reach from them. Only inference from biblical implications can account 
for the refusal of Christians in the New Testament record and in early church history to obey civil government. Whenever government interfered with the practice of Christianity. We read in Romans 13, 1 through 7, that we are to obey the laws of the land, Titus 3, 1, 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17. And then in Acts 5, 29, it says we are to obey God rather than man. So we learn from that that Christians are to subject themselves to the laws of the land. Now, unless those laws are found to be contrary to the will of God. Acts 5 and verse number 29. And so the Bible is teaching us that through these apostolic approved examples and through uh, these inferences and implications that we can obey God and learn the things that God would have us to do. The Bible does not detail everything that God wants us to do. God God leaves some things to us. Like what time are we going to worship? Like where are we going to worship? Those are things that we can figure out. But they fall within the purview of the will of God. We're to work together with the Father and accepting uh, his word as we strive to learn the things that God commands us to do. As I close tonight, God's word can be known. Biblical interpretation is not all that complicated. There is little difference between biblical interpretation and the common everyday interpretation that people from small children to adults exercise through ordinary communication between each other. Now, we can understand the Bible. God gave it. God sent it to us. It's the revelation of God. And we need to allow the word of God to guide us and lead us in this life. There is definitive application of God's word that God requires of all people. The Bible was never intended to be subject to different interpretation than what God expected uh, the original recipients to understand and for them to do. People say, well, you, you can't understand the Bible. That's the talk of the devil. You can understand the Bible, and you can do what the Bible says. And I encourage all of us to spend more time studying God's word and learning the things that we find on the pages of inspiration. Thank you so much.
uh, for giving me a platform tonight. I thank you all for coming and listening. I thank you out there in Radio Land. May God richly bless you. And I trust that you will continue to listen to the program, that you pray for it, pray for its success, and pray for the ministers who give their time in bringing these lessons. May God richly bless you and keep you until we meet again. God bless you, and thank you for listening tonight. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I went to a funeral of a friend of mine. My old friends were standing around with tears in their eyes. And I thought, what could I say to take away some of their pain? I stepped out of that funeral home. I wrote this refrain. It goes, a whole lot of life gone by. So you need to give Jesus a try. You'll find yourself walking in the light. Everything gonna be alright Don't you know that the devil gonna tell you that lie That you can live any way that you like And since we know we gonna die You need to give Jesus a try Tell me Give him 
I'm looking up to the heavens, that's where my blessings come from. And I'm saying to myself, I know a change gonna come. He delivered with smile when I'm going through the pain. He delivered the sun on my journey through the rain. Close your mouth and open your ears. Keep in your faith in God. Ain't no need for the fear. I know the devil gonna test and give Jesus a try. The closest we stand to Jesus, that's how we don't fly. listening to the gospel light radio show ladies and gentlemen that is our show i want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of god's word i want to thank my co-host clay phillips and robert lee johnson for a job well done on the broadcast tonight they always do a great job ladies and gentlemen this is our 300 episode can you believe it i'm just so excited that we have reached this milestone i really uh, it is my prayer that the lessons that were given on this show this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord is strengthened because you not only tuned in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light radio show. I'm having my co-host. We really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I know, Lord, you'll take care of me. Yes, he will. I know, Lord, he'll take care of me. Call on you and you step in right time. Oh, yeah. I know the Lord. Lord. He'll take care care of me. Lord, I'm trying (laughs) every day (laughs) to walk in the right way.
won't you tell them how I took care of you? Sometimes I gain all by myself. Lord, I don't know, just don't know what to do. I start to look back over my life. And in your word, I know you'll see me through. All this listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 